welcome back to the Retired College Athlete Podcast, a podcast designed to inspire and inform current and former athletes through stories and advice from retired college athletes. I'm your host, Sydney Mary, and today we're chatting with Megan Carlson. In this episode, we're chatting about specifically the transition out of college athletics and often how we try and replicate our workouts as college athletes in our life after sport. Megan is a certified nutritionist and trainer, and she talks about her experience specifically going through that, um, what she learned along the way, and how she currently helps retired student-athletes through that process as well. So let's go ahead and hop into today's episode. Heading into college... How would you describe your identity? I know that for a lot of people, their sport is a lot of their identity, but I know that that can change as you head into college. So what was your identity heading into college? And then like when you finally got there, did it change at all? So I would say for me, my identity was solely my sport swimming. I I was very, I was a very invested athlete and everyone knew me as a swimmer. Um, all throughout high school, all my friends in high school knew that for me, swimming came first. Swimming was like the a big part of my life. And so throughout high school and going into college, I definitely fully identified myself as a swimmer. Um, it's what, where my goals, like where my goals came from, the goals that I had for myself all revolved around swimming. And so for me, my biggest identity was a swimmer. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah. And so can you walk us through a bit of like your career and then the transition out when it was time to give it up? Were you ready? Yeah. So, um, I started swimming when I was seven. So started at like the summer league level. And then within that same season, tried out for a club team. Um, I was in Kentucky at the time. And so started swimming year round competitive competitively at the age of seven, Um, I dabbled in other things as a little kid, like soccer and that kind of stuff. But swimming by the time I was 10, swimming is what stuck. And that's what I did the whole time from the time that I was 10 on, I didn't really do much else. Um, I dabbled a little bit in like musical theater from like 12 to 15, 14. Um, but that was for three weeks out of the summer. And it was the three weeks that I was on break from swimming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the transition between, you know, summer season to fall, winter, all of that. So from basically the time that I was 10 until I retired, I was a swimmer, um, swam throughout high school. The club team that I was with for the longest, they were called the Dayton Raiders based out of Dayton, Ohio. Um, and for me, I knew that swimming is something that I really, really loved when I was 14. I knew that my passion was for swimming at that age, um, under a coach that has been a huge mentor for me throughout life. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I was 14, I was like, this is it. This is like what I want to do. And sure enough, you know, I just started setting goals for myself. Um, when I was 14, I made a goal that I wanted to compete at the 2012 Olympic trials. And by the time when I was 17, I qualified for Olympic trials in the 400 IM Um, that was going into my senior year of high school. And then once senior year of high school hit, that was still in the time where with recruiting, I couldn't be contacted until July 1st, going into my senior season. Now it's totally different and you can like commit by the time you're a sophomore. Um, So 
going into my senior year, I knew that I wanted to go to college for swimming. And so I started the whole recruiting process. And um, then in my senior season or senior year of high school is when I took my recruiting visits. I chose University of South Carolina, swam all four years with them. And then come senior year, I mean, I was still fully so invested into swimming. And it was during my senior year that I actually decided that I wanted to go into coaching. So I decided that upon retirement, upon graduation, I wanted to give back what the sport had given to me so much and become a swim coach. And so once I retired, um, going into the August after I graduated, I started my first full-time coaching position with a team, a club team in, um, in Houston, Texas. And so the transition out for me as an individual, I definitely struggled when it came to figuring out my new sense of self um, without like coaching being involved. Yeah. So let's talk about finding a new sense of self without the sport, because it's like, like you said, you stuck in, in swimming, but um, there's still like this identity shift that happens. Like you are yourself are not really competing. Uh, You're around it, but at the same time, it's like, it's not your life in the sense that it used to be. And so how are you able to kind of reinvent your identity after sport or where did you struggle and and what advice could you give to people who are struggling with that? Yeah. So um, I will say I struggled for a big chunk of time, about three, three and a half years, um, a lot longer than I would have liked to have struggled. Um, upon retiring, I immediately jumped into something else. I started um, Olympic lifting with my weight coach that I had in college because I was, you know, there were still two and a half, three months for me of being a college student after retiring. Um, And so I started doing more Olympic lifting focused with my weight coach. And then I actually, um, with some really, really close friends that do masters diving out of the pool that we swam at, I joined their masters team and started doing some masters diving just for fun. And so, and that was basically two days after I had retired because it was, (laughs) so I like never really gave myself a little bit of downtime or a little bit of a break to kind of dabble in different things. I just like jumped full force into something else. Um, so that was just for the summer. And then when I moved to Texas, that was the biggest shift because I moved away from my college campus, moved away from all of my lifelong friends that I made through college and start was starting my next chapter. And so with that, that is when things really started to change for me. And I really started to struggle, um, trying to find what I wanted to do when it came to exercise, because yes, as athletes, every single day practice is our exercise, but we don't really look at it like that. We don't really think of practice as exercising. We practice is just that practicing for what we love to achieve our goals. And so shifting that mindset of, okay, now I, what do I want to do to work out was, was a challenge. And so I joined CrossFit and I really enjoyed it. It was something that I felt was the first thing that felt as challenged, almost as challenging as my workouts, as my practices in college. I, you know, I left feeling exhausted. I left feeling like I really put in a lot of work. Um, but even with that, it was still a challenge to 
get my mindset around the fact of it's okay to only work out for an hour. So that was a huge part of the transition. A huge part of the struggle was being okay with an hour long workout because with swimming and really a lot of college sports, you have your practice. And then on top of that, you have your lifting. And so you're working out anywhere from two to three plus hours a day or whatever it may be. And so going from that to an hour, it was a big shift. I would go to CrossFit early in the morning and then go and swim for an hour in the afternoon because I felt like that's what I had to do to stay in shape. That's what I had to do to keep this physique that I wanted. And so I did that for about a year and I didn't really enjoy it looking back now. It's not something I fully enjoyed. I was doing it because I thought that I had, that's what I had to do. And because of that, you know, I still just felt lost in this sense of, okay, who am I now? Now that I'm no longer an active swimmer, I don't identify myself as a swimmer anymore. So what do I identify myself as? And I just really had no, no idea. The food portion that was an added stressor. That was an added sense of confusion because as an athlete, I didn't focus on stuff like that. I just ate and ate and ate because that's what I told to do. Yeah, exactly. I was confused around food. I felt guilty going and getting Chick-fil-A if I wanted it. And so it was all these different components being meshed together on top of going, who am I? Fast forward three years later, I realized that what I was doing wasn't working. My headspace was not a positive one and I was still feeling lost. And I was like, this is just, I'm not happy with this anymore. And so I actually hired a nutrition coach because I felt that's what was missing the most for me was understanding what I needed to fuel my body properly to reach Mm -hmm. my goals. And so from hiring my nutrition coach, that's really what honestly started to give me my, an identity again, you know, I had a coach, I had support guiding me through what I needed next. I realized within all of that, a big piece of myself that I still identify myself as is a competitive person. And so I realized that a big reason why I was feeling so lost is because I had just kind of tucked away the competitive side when I hung my goggles up after my last race. And I decided that I was going to get my certification in personal training and nutrition. So I started that whole process. Um, My love for fitness has always been there, but it really started to grow over this time. So I was like, and my nutrition coach at the time was a bodybuilder in the bikini division. And so seeing her compete, it's like, wait a second. I was like, that's pretty interesting. So I started to do some research on that. And I figured what better way to take two things I love fitness and competing and put them together. Mm-hmm. And so I joined, um, a bodybuilding team and had my first season as a, as a bikini competitor. And so that is really what helped me to find my new sense of identity outside of sport. It, yeah. That was a huge transition point for me was realizing okay, like I can have a coach too, to help me figure things out. And so I want to kind of backtrack for a second. And you were talking about how you felt the need to continue to kind of work out similarly to how you did when you were an athlete. And I feel like a lot of people fall into that trap. I fall into that trap as well. And then of course, nutrition becomes this whole other thing because you want to continue to look the, the same way. And so I wanted to like, you know, what advice do you have for athletes who just want to like 
feel comfortable in their own skin again. I know it takes time. Like you hired mm-hmm. somebody and I think that that's always a great way to go hiring a professional to help you out. But in general, like what are, what's some general advice you can give to people who are struggling with that? Yeah. So I would probably say the biggest piece of advice that I can give when it comes to wanting to remain comfortable in your own skin post athletics is to give yourself some grace. And that's a lot easier said than done, but giving yourself some grace, giving yourself some perspective. Perspective is a big thing that I have started to implement in my own life when I'm starting to feel some type of way, taking a step back and kind of looking at the whole picture. Because as you transition from being, you know, at the at the top level of of an athlete and then transitioning into this new chapter, this next chapter of life without athletics, it's important to remind yourself that this time, yes, it might be, it's going to be challenging, but there is so many things that can come from it. And realizing that there might be moments where you feel really great and you feel awesome. And there might be moments that you don't feel very great. And just looking at all of those different pieces to see, okay, what am I doing that makes me feel my best? And then when I'm not feeling my best, what am I doing at this point in time as well? Allow yourself to succeed, allow yourself to fail and be comfortable with both. Definitely. Yeah. I could not agree more, but now that we've covered that, I know that coaching did work for you and that's a bit about what you do now. So can you talk to us about your platform and everything that you do? Yeah. So Because of my journey post from athletic lifestyle to non-athlete, because of what I went through and the struggles that I had, I thought, really, I'm not the only one going through this. I really want to help other retired athletes find their new sense of self a lot sooner than I did. So that's why I started my business, New Life with Meg. Um, that's why I started, that's why I got my personal training certification and my nutrition certification to help retired athletes find their new sense of self post athletics. And whether that be you're retired, a newly retired athlete of three months, a retired athlete of one to three years, or I even have had retired athletes of 10 plus years that are still struggling to find their comfort, to find themselves outside of their sport. And so no matter how long you've been retired, um, that a new life with Meg was created to help you no matter what part of the journey that you're on within your retirement. And I think a really big thing that I would like to mention that I came to realize very recently is yes, we are going to be forming a new identity as a retired athlete, but our identity of an athlete is always with us. You know, I formulated my business because I'm a retired athlete, because I was an athlete to help other retired athletes. So the identity of an athlete is always going to be ingrained in us. It's always going to be a part of who we are. It's just a matter of finding the new identity outside of that. And you can have multiple identities. You can have multiple things that you define yourself by. And it just helps us grow as a person. And we take away experiences from each chapter of life to formulate whatever identity is next for us. And so I think it's important to emphasize that as well. It's okay. And you probably will for the rest of your life, identify yourself as an athlete. It's just going to be to the extent of, you know, what, what parts of that identity are still with you today and what parts have grown. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I cannot agree more. If people want to get involved with you, want to start working with you, what's the easiest way for them to just get connected with you? Definitely Instagram. So Instagram is where I do 
a lot, all of my platforming. So on my Instagram page, it's just Megan Carlson fitness. Um, that's where you can reach out. You can shoot me a DM, my emails in there. You know, I have a link in there for a form that you can fill out if you want to chat in more detail about programming and all of that kind of stuff. So Instagram is definitely the strongest platform to be able to communicate on. Okay. Awesome. I'll make sure I have all of your links in the description box below for people to work with you. I hope you guys do reach out to her because it's always nice to work with a former athlete who knows what they're talking about. Like this is <laughs> the same thing that you are currently going through and who is on the other side of it. So I hope you guys do reach out, but I want to thank you so much for carving out time to be on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys, that's all I have for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast episode with Megan. I really enjoyed connecting with her. And if you would like to connect with her, as I mentioned in the podcast episode, everything to get connected with her is in the description box below. So feel free to check that out. Also, if you'd like to get more involved with RCA, please feel free to follow us on social media. We're very active on YouTube and on Instagram. And if you enjoyed this episode and you found it to be valuable and informative or you identified with it at all, please consider subscribing to our podcast sharing this and leaving a review. That would be really helpful and it helps us to get this podcast in front of the right people. Finally, I'm going to be starting a monthly newsletter, not a spammy newsletter, just a monthly newsletter um, to bring forth a few new stories from RCA. Again, like I mentioned in an earlier podcast episode this year, I'm looking for new ways to storytell. And so I feel like doing a bit of storytelling through newsletter would be great. It'll also have a few other fun things in there, uh, whether it's like a monthly playlist to listen to or just some other videos to check out, some things that I've really enjoyed that I've looked into that I feel like you guys might enjoy. And so if you're interested in that, that is going to be in the description box below. Please feel free to sign up and that will start up in February. With that said, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys again on Thursday for our solo cast.